Hello, everyone, and welcome to Patriot Underground. Today is September 17th, 2023. Thank you so much for joining me, folks, to discover the truth beneath the surface. As always, I really do appreciate everybody out there taking the time to listen. So, you know, I, I love each and every one of you guys. I really do. And I know that I don't have the opportunity to, uh, you know, to write back to all of you and answer all of your comments and your questions in the way that I want to, just simply because my life is so busy. Um, I'll tell you, between having a full-time job and having a couple of young kids and doing a podcast and everything else that's going on in life in general, um, I don't really have a lot of free time. And uh, the, the moments that I do have, typically I'm focused on following the latest developments, putting together their material, doing coffee chats, prepping interviews and things along those lines. So sometimes, you know, I can get a little down on myself about that. I, I do the very best I can. I remember when I first started, I made it a point to answer uh, and respond to every comment that I got and every email that I got, that I received. And I think back to those days when in the very beginning, when I had so many people um, who were, just having a an experience by listening to my show and were reaching out to me. And at that stage, um, you know, and the show is a lot smaller and I didn't have as many interviews and comments and basically fans of the show reaching out. I could do that and I could spend that time. Um, but uh, I just mentioned that just to let everybody know that I want you, each and every one of you out there to, uh, to, to really process and appreciate what you've done to change my life, to change my world, to give me a sense of direction, purpose that I never imagined that I would have. And um, I know that ultimately it's a divine gift. You know, and I, I think back to where I was when I started this journey, how alone and um, isolated I felt. I felt like I was the only person that understood that it cared as far as, you know, my world, which was very small at that point in time. And I have to admit that even, even though I obviously knew that there were other people out there who were awake, I didn't fully appreciate how alone people felt. And that's, I guess my perspective was that, yes, there are other people out there that think the way I do, that, that view the world in the same way that I do and can recognize that COVID is a genocidal plot and can recognize that the election was stolen in 2020 at high noon. I knew I wasn't the only one who recognized all these things, but what I didn't know was on an emotional level how much all of us share and on a spiritual level. And it wasn't until I put my voice out there, I think really in the form of the coffee chat that endeavored to explore these feelings and share them with the world. And I know that I've talked about this before, but I don't think I'll ever be able to fully wrap my brain around um, how shocked I was in a in a in the best possible way, don't get me wrong, but how how incredibly 
surprised and shocked I was to find out the the feelings that were driving me, that sense of alienation, that deep-seated feeling that I didn't belong and that everyone around me was just on this, almost like this alternate plane of reality, or I guess maybe I better way to put it is, is that, you know, I had a higher level of consciousness than everyone around me. And, you know, when you feel that sense of isolation, you, you can't help but wonder along the way, you know, am I crazy? Am I the one who's just, are, are, are all the things that they're saying about me and, and, and thinking about me actually true? Because it seems like I'm the common denominator here. And, uh, you know, I, so I came out and I started talking about all these feelings and the response that I received, it just changed my life. I don't know if you can ever really, really put into words what that feels like to go from feeling utterly alone. You might even say desperate. In fact, I think that's a pretty accurate word. I was feeling desperate to connect with someone, with the world. And I wasn't thinking that it was going to be so many people. As a matter of fact, I, I just looked this morning and my eyes just popped out of my head. And I looked and I saw that I had 50,000 followers on Rumble. I mean, folks, believe me when I tell you, okay? I never, never expected that that was going to happen. And I also recognize that it's just the beginning. In the grand scheme of things, you know, we're, we're only just beginning to build this family, this, this human family. And of course, you know, there's, a, there's a number of us out there, you know, truthers, podcasters, who I think represent a voice of, you know, a focal point and, and energy that different people resonate with. And I I think it's pretty clear that that's the way that the Lord had always planned it. He was going to call his children and he was going to use a bunch of different shepherds with different talents, with different voices that would resonate with all of the people that the Lord wanted to reach. And it's so incredible, you know, when you... You know, you go through your life day to day and you don't really think too much about these things. You just, you know, you just put one foot in front of another and especially in, in difficult, unprecedented, unprecedented times like we're going through. You don't really think about the grand scope of the plan and what God has done, or at least not often enough. And I think for me, that's in large part, what these chats are about is just to, to take it all in and and to really process and to articulate how we've changed, how I've changed. And it was just so incredible to find that my experiences throughout my entire life, even though they're unique to me, reflect the experiences and the feelings and the thoughts of so many people out there. I mean, I just don't think anybody under any circumstances could could have imagined what the Lord was going to piece this incredible tapestry together and 
that all of us were going to play such an, a vitally important role in this great awakening. And you can see the, the way that the world is changing. And I understand that, you know, right now we are in the final phases before this climactic event and what that event is going to be, what it's going to look like is endless speculation about that. I was listening to Cliff High. I'm sure a lot of you, most of you probably out there have either seen his uh, interview with uh, Dick Alger or with Nino. He's been, uh, well, he's reemerged after a rather long hiatus. In fact, I was in contact with Cliff the other day because I've been trying to get him on the show for a long time and I'm still working on that. But, you know, he's been out there talking about this catastrophic event that's going to be, like he said, like 13 times worse. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but that the emotional outpouring according to his data, it was going to be 13 times worse than what we experienced on 9-11. And, you know, his his viewpoint is that we're going to be looking at some sort of a directed energy weapon strike on, I think he said, well, he, he definitely mentioned Cheyenne Mountain. He also said the Denver airport could be a target as well. And then there was one other location that, that he was not specific about on purpose. He said he wasn't going to discuss on purpose, but that had the ability to completely knock out the internet. And wow, I'll tell you, I mean, I've been expecting, we've all been expecting a, a scare event. And I've been talking about that for as long as I can remember on the podcast and speculating that it would be some sort of a nuclear standoff. And when I look at the geopolitical landscape, I still see everything moving in that direction. I mean, you can see that North Korea is now making arms deals with Russia. We can see that they are testing more and more of their nuclear capabilities. Now, how much of this we actually uh, can take to the bank versus how much of it is fog of war and theater, that's debatable. But one way or another, it, it certainly seems as if you've got Russia reactivating all of its Cold War era nuclear bases, their nuclear submarines. They deployed the Satan II for the first time. It looks to me like that's the direction that we're headed. But at the same time, we also know that this fifth generational warfare that's been raging all around us is escalating. I mean, what we saw in Lahaina is the primary example of that. And what Cliff is talking about is an attack that would make 9-11, that would make Lahaina look small in comparison. And we all know the reasons that the deep state is doing this. We all know that they're feeling the walls close in around them. We all know that the end is near. The question is, what are we going to have to endure and how many more people are going to die before we finally see the White Hats emerge? And I know that that question in and of itself is the driver of so much. At this point, I just, I'm just going to say it, anger, rage, even. Because when we see the devastation, when we see all of these missing children, and we still don't know, by the way, where they are. Well, we see that 
this entire area in Lahaina has been blocked off. You can't get any information. You can't get close to it. This causes people to really scratch their heads and wonder and say, well, okay, well, if this is the nature of the war at this point, it doesn't appear that the White Hats are really in control. Because if they can't stop these types of attacks, if they can't prevent the deep state from carrying out these directed energy weapon strikes, these tectonic weapons and so on and so forth, then they're not really in control. Now, I would contend, and I've been contending for a long time, that the White Hats have thwarted countless attacks and saved countless lives along the way that we don't even know about. And that the natural context of war is going to involve enemy attacks that unfortunately are successful. Now, we don't know all of the details. We certainly know that there were CCP satellites. We can, I think, very likely conclude that the CCP was involved in this strike against Lahaina. But in the end, it's not a nation state issue. It's not China versus the United States. This is patriots versus the cabal. And so I look at what Cliff is saying and I, and I interpret what he's saying. And I think to myself, is this going to be the scare event? Is it going to be a directed energy weapon? Is all this other geopolitical saber-rattling and posturing exactly that is a distraction. Now, we don't know, but there is going to be, I think, some sort of a major event in the next few months. I'm just going to say the next few months. That's going to redefine everything. Not for us, because we've been expecting that there was going to be a major false flag event, and we've certainly seen many along the way. But I think that the coup de grace is coming, that the deep state is so desperate. They feel the walls closing in. They know that it's only a matter of time before everything comes out, and they're not going to be able to stop it. Like I said, this is a scorched earth scenario that we're dealing with. This this enemy is going to do as much as they can to cause death, destruction, and mayhem on their way out. We've seen that pattern continually continually play out. Excuse me. And then of course the question is how much more of that are we going to have to endure? But you know I'll tell you folks, I don't have a an answer to that question, obviously, but as you've heard me say, I don't think that there's any possibility that the White Hats are going to allow this to go beyond the 2024 election. Next year's presidential election, in my view, it's almost like a, a finish line. I'm not saying that when we get to that exact point, then that's when the EAS is going to be triggered and so forth. In fact, I mean, it could be this year. It could be today, tomorrow. It could be next week. But when I say the finish line, that's in essence, but that's the way I look at it. They can't go beyond that point. There's no way that we can sustain another stolen election that looks like they're gearing up for 
another pandemic, a pandemic, I should say. They've already got the new vaccines. They're already telling people, go get the new one because the old one doesn't matter anymore. And the whole playbook is, I mean, it's, it's as obvious as could be to those of us who are awake. And they've got the, uh, the climate change narrative running parallel and heard me discuss that, break that down. It's the perfect cover to be able to use all of these fifth gen attacks, all of these different uh, tactics against us, like the fires and the train derailments and the, the hurricanes, everything that they're hitting us with, the, the earthquake weapons. I can't remember. It might've been Cliff actually uh, talking about, you know, just throwing numbers around there, but let's just say you know, you've got 30% of the population that's awake. And then you've got, Let's just say, you know, 30% of the population that's just fast asleep has no clue what's going on. And then you've got roughly another 30% of the population that's in the process of waking up. And I think that's probably a, a fairly accurate estimation of where we are right now. I mean, we've been talking for a long time about, I remember I used to do breakdowns of 107, you know, and he would talk about we have to hit 80 plus percent and for a long time, I, you know, believe that we were gradually getting, you know, closer and closer to that 80%. We see all the statistics and we, you know, we, we read the polls and we, we hear the news about all the people that are just you know, coming to alternative media in droves and no longer believe in the mainstream media. You've got, I think, a, a sizable majority of the population that believes that just Joe Biden was involved, at least at some level, in, in Hunter's business dealings. I mean, so you've got all of these indicators that are pointing to a, a great awakening. And yet at the same time, in your day-to-day -day life, you see people asleep everywhere. I mean, I still, see, I still see people with masks on. And I'm thinking to myself, my goodness. So what portion of the population is, is truly awake? What portion is just gone with the wind and then what portion is actually is actually progressing toward toward that awakening that that cognitive dissonance is is breaking that mk alpha programming down now at the end of the day folks i don't really know but i do think that there's a lot of truth and it as far as i'm concerned it just makes perfect sense that you need to have a majority of the population on board you need to have at least 60 percent of the of the people who are backing military intervention before the hammer finally drops, because otherwise I do think you run the risk of a civil war. I do think that you run that, uh, you know, and, and this is something that, uh, you know, Carrie, she has a slightly different view on it, but I mean, she talked about this as well. Like you know, she, she kind of sees the divide more along those lines of, despite all of these indicators that people are no longer, that are, they're turning away from the establishment, they're turning away from the system, um, that if the military were to come forward and they're going to, they're gonna have to at some point, like Jan Halper, Halper Hayes said, it's just a matter of time, but you don't have a critical mass of people supporting military intervention. You're gonna get civil war. And I. You know, I, I can't argue with that because I think that in the end, 
that's probably accurate. I think that when you've got something that, you know, you've got a divide that's that clearly defined in a society and something that major drastic comes along that involves martial law, military intervention and mass arrests and crimes against humanity and genocide and all these things. There's, if you don't have a, a vast majority of the poor, of the population, at least moving in the direction, or perhaps that's not even the right way to say it, but they, they, they've gotten to a point where they recognize that something is extremely broken and, and something very dark is happening and has been happening in our country. Um, it's not going to go, it's not going to go the way you want it to. And I think the whole thing could fall apart. And I believe that for a very long time. And then of course, there's also the whole conversation about the financial system and how much longer the fiat debt prison is going to be able to sustain itself with everything that's happening on a geopolitical scale. And of course, we look directly to the BRICS and we see, in essence, I mean, I talked earlier about isolation, you know, on a, on a personal level. Uh, I think what's happening with the dollar is uh, this de-dollarization movement that we're seeing spread all throughout the world to all these different nations, um, like wildfire, literally, no pun intended. I mean, the dollar is in trouble, folks. And that's, I mean, that's the understatement of <laughs> the understatement of a lifetime. I and mean, the, the dollar is, I don't want to say it's on its way out, but it's on its way to being completely redefined. I think that it's probably going to be a matter of a couple of more months. They might be able to sustain what's happening, this de-dollarization. They might be able to go into next year. They've got a few more tricks up their sleeve. I mean, that's the thing about the cabal. We can never really underestimate our enemy. And we've seen how crafty, how devious they are. And certainly they, even though they tell you their plans, they have to, according to their warped philosophical, spiritual belief system, they have to tell you everything, but that doesn't mean that they're not masters of deception and they're not always thinking seven, eight, nine, ten, a dozen steps ahead. And so I'm not in a position where I'm comfortable underestimating this enemy because you know I've I've been very honest about as honest as I can be. And if you if you go back a couple of years and listen to my shows at that point. And once in a while, I'll go back and revisit them just to see, you know, how my viewpoints have changed over time, how they've evolved. I mean, I made the mistake early on of buying into this concept that everything is just a movie, that the White Hats are in complete control and that everything that we're witnessing unfold is pantomime intended to wake people up. Is that a massive portion of my belief system to this day, yes. But do I think that we're dealing with an enemy that's been completely defanged? No, absolutely not. And that's really the thing. I mean, how much, how much of these, how many of these fifth gen attacks, how much loss of life do you have to see before you can, you're convinced that that simply isn't true? I mean, unless you believe that the white hats are just as equally culpable and involved 
with what's been happening, which I don't. And there are some people out there who are starting to kind of move in that direction because they're not seeing action. Um, but unless, you know, unless you have that viewpoint and I don't have that viewpoint, there really is, there's no other conclusion to come to as far as I'm concerned. It makes any sense that other than the fact that we're dealing with an enemy that still has wide ranging capability of causing death and destruction. They just do. I mean, if you, there's no other way to look at it. If you look at what happened in Lahaina, and I've mentioned this with some of my guests, I mentioned it when I had Gene on and we did the show for the people of Lahaina and some other folks as well that I've discussed this issue with. I mean, this is a very sophisticated attack. This was not, you know, to use a kind of a silly metaphor, this wasn't somebody just you know, robbing a liquor store. This was very well coordinated, very well planned to the degree. Again, this is my view based on the intel that I've heard and the research that I've done is that the, the White Hats did make an attempt to try to thwart this attack, but they were unsuccessful. And like I've said, you go back and you look at every war that's ever been fought, the enemy always is going to have successful attacks. They're always going to win certain battles. And I think sometimes people have the, you know, because we're so upset naturally by what we see and we've been told that the White Hats are in control. There's this sort of crossing the streams that goes on. People have this expectation that the White Hats should be able to off everything and prevent the deep state from being able to inflict casualties on any level. And I just don't think that that is realistic at all. But again, I do think that they have saved countless lives along the way. And so all of these different threat vectors are accelerating. Everything is heating up. We've got this major event that's looming, you know, whether it's what Cliff High has been talking about. And, and you know, to his credit, he's, he's telling you that he's postulating, he's speculating about it could be a directed energy weapon. These could be the targets. These are what makes sense in terms of his overall analytic model that he's working with. But it's really about the emotional release value. And he talks about how that, like I said, it's going to be 13 times greater, 13 times more intense. I think it was like an 81 on his, on his uh, numeric scale. And the highest that he's ever seen is like a five. I mean, just, just stop and process that for a second. So whether it's, you know, regardless of what causes that, emotional output that release language is what he calls it we're talking about something truly biblical we're talking about something that's never been seen before and you go back to 9-11 and how you felt that day and just you know obviously at, at that point in time we didn't even know a fraction most of us uh, what we know now and most of us believed the overall official narrative at the time, at least initially, because of the shock that we were watching and, and how, much, how many of us knew about directed energy weapons back then. And how many of us were really questioning the burn patterns, the melted steel, you know, the CGI, the ability to, to make it look as if planes actually flew into the towers. How many of us knew about what was 
being kept in Building 7. How many of us knew about the theft of the gold and the Sara and how this was all done to prevent the financial system transitioning away from the fiat debt prison? I mean, at that point in time, none of us knew any of that. But you go back to how you felt on that day, the shock and the, the outpouring of grief. It was unlike anything that we've ever seen before. And then you you try to even wrap your brain around what 13 times more than that would feel like. I don't think you could even really begin to process that. And so to me, I mean, you never really know, folks. I mean, we don't know how all of this is going to play out, but the fact that Cliff is showing this, his data is showing this and he's showing it having to happen by April, I think he said April 3rd. And I know, I think Juan O'Savin mentioned that uh, something along the lines of uh, April, I think it's April 4th, 4-4 is a splitting the eights number. It's a power number for the cabal. Um, But this has to happen over the next six months. And we know, of course, that uh, there's going to be the EAS test on October 4th. I know that uh, you know people are going to put in the comments that it's FEMA and that it's look. The reality is, folks, we don't really know. There's a lot of fog of war right now. But I can tell you this: whether it, you know, I don't know about you, folks, and I, I've heard from a lot of people out there. I've been getting a lot of emergency messages on my phone lately. I mean, sure, it's it has to do with the the weather, the, ex, the extreme weather that we've been seeing suddenly out of nowhere. That's that's curious. But I think all of these things are connected. We're getting prepared. They're getting us in the right frame of mind. They're getting us acclimated to hearing emergency broadcasts on our phone. And to seeing that. And, and um, you know, I've, I've also said, too, that. I think it's a very strong possibility that we could see another attempt at lockdown prior to the EAS. And I know that there are people out there who, you know, you make a really good point, which is people aren't going to follow the lockdown. But when you think about the the big problem areas, I mean, the, the White Hats know where they're going to see violence erupt. They know where the, all the hot spots are. They've already got assets positioned. In those areas, if you were to have fake Biden or, you know, any one of these cabal puppets get up there and say, hey, we're having another lockdown. Everyone needs to stay in, indoors, and so forth. In those areas, it's very likely that people would follow that that mandate. Maybe in other parts of the country, it wouldn't be as relevant. It wouldn't be as necessary because people are in a different geographic location where people are more awake. It's not as much of a concern. Now, I could be wrong about that. But it certainly looks as if they're gearing up for all of this again. They're gearing up for the the second go around with with COVID, pandemic part two, COVID part two, with the same timing and everything else. And then you've got Trump's trial slated to begin in March as a part of this pantomime, and you know other things that are a lot more fluid. And certainly, I don't think that the White Hats are doing anything willy nilly. I do believe that. There are a very small group of individuals 
under 10 that actually know the operational details that, that know when the event is going to happen. Um, I personally don't think that that date is still in flux. I think that it's been decided upon. I think they know. I think they've got it all mapped out. Um, and see, that's the thing. They know the types of moves that the cabal is going to make. And they also, I think it's important to, a couple of things here that are important to remember. The cabal has had their MK Ultra sleepers. And you've heard Gene and I go into this in some detail especially on our early interviews together, that they're all being activated. I mean, you think that these train derailments and these fires and that, that there's no, it's not all being done by the military. There are, there's arson that's playing a role. And, and so you've got all of these, these MK ultra sleepers. Like I forgot how many, I think Gene said that there was like one per city block way back in when he first found out about it, when he was still stationed in Hawaii. All of those forces now being activated. So that's important to understand is that that's, that's a variable there that the White Hats have to contend with that, well, it's uncertain. I don't know exactly where these strikes are going are gonna to come from and, and what the targets are going to be, what the timeline is going to be. So yes, there's going to be some chaos, some mayhem, some death and destruction, they're going to be successful to a certain extent. That, and they've also had, they've also for a very long time had, I guess what you could, in essence, you could call them doomsday weapons that are already set to go off to a certain degree that the White Hats can't really do anything to neutralize. Now, I think that there are a great many of these high-powered doomsday weapons, nuclear weapons, and things along these lines that the Alliance has neutralized. But I think that we're dealing with such a, a cunning enemy. Obviously, this has been a big part of my analysis right from the beginning that you know, if we didn't have non-terrestrial assistance, that there's no way we would have been able to contend with the cabal in this war. We simply cannot underestimate them think that the White Hats have the ability, that the Alliance would ever have the ability to prevent any of these strikes from being successful because they've been in place now, in some cases, for decades. And I think a big part of what we've been going through over this past couple of years is, you know, is tracking down these weapons, is neutralizing these threats. That's a big it's a big reason of why we've had to, you know, to suffer in this in this inverted hell for such a long time. But we are definitely in the final phases, like I said. And that, that to me brings me a lot of peace. It brings me a lot of comfort to know that there is an end. There is an end in sight. And even if... God forbid, and a million times, I don't believe this is ever going to happen. But even if we came, we came to find out that you know this is not going to come together the way that we thought, and that we had been sold the bag, of, sold the line of goods, and that this whole thing is um, was a setup, and, you know, I think that 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 dark fear that a lot of us have in the back of our minds, even if that was the way that it went down at the end of the day, like I've said, 
all of us are going to continue to fight, regardless of how, of what form that fight takes on. And I've said for a very long time that if it, you know, if the enemy was ever really that stupid to think that they could run this psychological operation against not just the American people, but the entire world and have that unravel and the end result of that unraveling being that we've lost the will to fight, it's going to make the American people, it's going to make weak people all over the world a million times more angry, willing to fight, quite frankly, dangerous at that point. But again, I don't think that that's the direction we're headed. I've never thought that that's the direction we're headed. I only say that because the way I see it, regardless, all of us are freedom fighters. All of us are going to see this through one way or another. But again, when you look at all of the evidence that we've gone through for such a long period together, the way that everything is building toward this climactic event that we've been told is coming, scare necessary event. When you look at all the pieces and you go back to that 40,000 foot view, as far as I'm concerned, it's just obvious that everything is exactly where it's supposed to be at this phase. And that all of us are feeling that ratcheted up tension. All of us are we're aware at a visceral spiritual level that we are experiencing it. We're having that near-death experience. That precipice of destruction is getting so much closer. And yes, we're already having a near-death experience. Yes, we're already at the precipice of destruction. But don't ever underestimate how, how much more intense it can get. Because let me tell you something, folks, it's gonna. I mean, if you think that it's gotten gripping up to this point, just wait. Just wait for the next few months to, to play out. And my, you know, my deepest prayer is that the Lord is going to minimize the amount of chaos and destruction and death that the enemy is able to cause and inflict on its way out. But I do believe that God is faithful. I do believe that God has always had his hand on this plan. God has his hand on each of us. And it's incumbent upon us, the warriors, the light warriors, the patriots, the Anons out there. It's incumbent upon us to remain strong in these final phases and to remember what it is that we're fighting for and to not allow the fear, which has really taken the form of cynicism in so many people to derail us from our mission, to, to get us to turn away from everything that we fought for up until this point. Because it's so easy when, you, you know, when you're afraid, when you're angry, when you're feeling that, that tension build up, you're not, you're not, not grounded in the same way. You're not spiritually centered in the way that you need to be. And I think that's vital for all of us as we go through these final painful processes and events that have to unfold for the reasons that we've broken down in incredible detail together. In this process, we have to remain strong. We have to remember that ultimately things had to be this way. The military chose this path not to put us through hell, but to prevent us from falling into hell. 
And I know that that's, you know, that's a tough sell for a lot of people out there right now. But again, folks, things can always be worse. And as much as I've had to suffer personally, believe me, I have. I've taken, I've taken a lot of hits, a lot of losses along the way. I recognize how much worse things could be. I recognize that I probably would be dead right now if Hillary had won. That all of us would be dead right now. We wouldn't be having these these conversations. The Great Awakening, which is happening right now as the result of the Q drops, as the result of all of us coming together, creating this spiritual brain trust, none of this would have happened. None of it would have would have happened if the military hadn't chosen go the long, pragmatic way and route that was necessary in order for the people to, to gradually come to an understanding, to gradually shake off all of that, all of those cobwebs and, and get all of that sleep out of our eyes and come out of that coma. And that's what's happened. You know, we were we were just the first ones to do it. And our frustration with all the people around us, it's it's legitimate. And our criticism of the white hats and all of that is legitimate as well. It's not as if I'm criticizing people for being critical. Everyone has the, the right to these viewpoints and has the right to these feelings. And I think it's important for us to express them. But at the end of the day, no matter what criticisms we want to launch or level rather at the, uh, at the white hats, they only have a, a very, very small fraction of the information. And I think once we get that, all of that information and the true history is told, we're going to have an entirely different perspective on why we had to go through it, why it had to be this way. And yes, we've seen, we've, we've seen some horrors play out. And like I say, you know, if, if Cliff High is correct and others out there are correct, well, we're going to see more of them. But it's nothing in comparison to the destruction of humanity, to the destruction of this entire world. I mean, you think about that. Think about what they wanted to do to us. Think about what the, the Georgia Guidestones said before they were taken down. Think about all of the curious things that have happened. It just must be coincidence, right? All the statistical impossibilities, all the deltas. Remember all of it, folks. Because not a single one of those deltas, not a single one of those coincidences is insignificant. We're exactly where we need to be. We have to trust the plan. And so that's what I want to leave you with today. Hopefully you folks enjoyed this coffee chat. I know it's a little bit different. I'm very curious to read the comments. Uh, so do me a favor and uh, make a comment. Let me know what you thought of today's episode. Hit that like button if you did enjoy today's episode. And also, please support my work in any way that you can. You can become a member of my locals community for $5 a month. Get first access to all of my new content. I'm going to be doing some live Q&A very soon for supporters only. Uh, you'll also get access to the Patriot Underground chats, which are absolutely amazing. I highly encourage folks out there to take advantage of that $5 a month, or you can make a one-off donation or however much you can afford. It really does help me. I love being listener supported and um, 
in essence, uh, you're, what you guys are, what, what you're doing, whether you purchase a, a t-shirt from my merch store, which the link is in the description there as well, whether you become a member on Locals, whether you consider switching stores or getting the best grass-fed beef or rolling over your 401k and your IRA into precious metals, all of these different things are ways that you can support my my work, my vision, and help me to move in the direction of becoming a full-time podcaster. That is my dream. It's a dream that I never imagined I was going to have. It's actually a dream that you all gave me. And, and I just want to say thank you for that because I never would have been, uh, <laughs> quite frankly, I never would have been bold enough to, to even have a dream like that until I discovered what I was talking about earlier, which is the incredible resonance of this beautiful godsend of an audience. I love each and every one of you deeply. I'll do everything that I can to get back to you as soon as possible with another report. But until then, folks, God bless. And Godspeed. Patriot out.